<laughs> it's pretty amazing how quickly we can get old, isn't it? <laughs> well, I hope you're in your Bibles to uh, Matthew chapter 24. Uh, we, we began to look uh, a couple of weeks ago at verses 29 through 31. Uh, and so we've kind of covered 31 uh, twice, and I'm going to particularly look at uh, uh, verses 29 and 30 this morning. This is the Olivet Discourse. This is the, the return of Christ too. And uh, I want to read verses 29 and 30. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from the heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. O Lord, I pray that you would bless now the, the, the reading of and the preaching of God's Word for the edification of the people, for the salvation of the lost, and for each of ours encouragement. For it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Would you guys grab those sets of lights back there, please? Got one more set somewhere. Well, I'm glad you're here this morning. It's good to see you all. It's, it's surely good to have some olds back with us. Amen. And uh, it's not every Sunday that you get to have two new people with us this morning. So you're not paying attention. You drug in too late. If you don't know, there's a couple of new people with us this morning. So uh, look look around and uh, figure out who that is, and you might uh, greet them. Well, we are in an exciting time. Would anybody say to venture that we are in a time and place as a people and a country that we've never been in before? Uh, if you're not keeping up with current events, what? Uh, we have been telling you for the last several years we are about to have a brand new uh, uh, minority among us and uh, it's rapidly coming upon us. It's going to be the new special minority with special privileges and uh, I would just challenge you to figure out what that is. It's coming. It's the newest one. And uh, it is absolutely going to shock you. And it's going to absolutely make you ask yourself, how in the world did we get to that place? Pay attention. If you don't know we're in a crazy time, you're not paying enough attention. Okay? I'll just say that and I'll move on. So, in this scripture, in clear language, the Lord himself describes what will be the most momentous event of all time? His return. His return. Let me tell you, I have full confidence, I have full trust that it is going to happen. His return to earth, listen to me, in glory. We're looking at two words this morning, power and glory. That's how he's coming next time, in power and glory. And we saw that in verse 30. For 2,000 years, followers of Jesus 
have anticipated this event. It's closer than it was 2,000 years ago. The Lord is coming. Uh, you, you can listen, you can flip. I, I, don't, I don't care what you do. You can listen, you can flip and follow along however you want to do. But you need to stay in Matthew chapter 24. Titus 2, 11, 13. For the grace of God has appeared. Aren't we glad that we're in a period of grace? And none of us would be saved if we weren't in a period of grace. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-control, upright, godly lives in the present age and godly lives in the present age. Look at verse 13, the first word. If you're in the ESV, it says waiting. If you're in the King James, it says looking. Waiting, looking, anticipating for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what we ought to be looking for. It's coming. We are to live righteous lives, motivated by our continual expectation of His imminent and sudden return. Waiting, looking, anticipating. Let me see if I can get the Hebrew word for looking. Pros doc aha. Okay, it's, it's, it's a pretty long word. If you, if you want to look it up, you can in the Strong's Concordance. I believe it's number 4328 if you want to look that up. It's uh, to wait. It's to look. It's to expect. That should be our attitude. To look, to wait, to anticipate, to expect. What? The return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's what we should be doing. Looking. Most of the world has some idea that Jesus Christ came as a babe. Because we have a secular holiday that celebrates that. So the world has some idea that Jesus came in a manger. We have people that understand that. We have some idea of his birth in Bethlehem with some detail about the manger. Some are somewhat familiar with the teachings of Jesus. Lots of people would want to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John just because those, they know those are the teachings of Jesus. Even some have an understanding that he died. Some might understand that he died and he was buried. Probably most people begin to get off at this point. Because the resurrection is, is it's pretty hard to, to grasp, especially for lost folks. And, and some people know that he's ascended. But, but I was wondering this week as I studied, I, I'm going to find this out. I haven't found it out yet. But I bet you George Barna can tell me what percent of Americans believe in a literal bodily return of the Lord Jesus Christ. I bet it's small. Matter of fact, I bet it's small in the church. But let me tell you, I don't care how many people believe that's going to happen. 
I assure you from God's holy word, and I, I feel it in my, in my spirit, the Lord is coming again. In verses 29 through 31, we see a vivid picture. Did y'all hear me? A vivid picture of his appearing. Y'all, y'all, y'all stick with me now. Listen. This is some stuff. And, and, and I want to I tell you, it's stuff, lots of stuff, that in our seeing is going to, to happen instantly. Gone and redone instantly. I mean, I can't even fathom that. You with me? I mean, the old's going to be gone and the new's here. Instantly. Now, you know why that doesn't fit for us? Because we're on a linear timeline. We do everything at 10 years of age, 20, 30, 40, 50. God's always operating in the what? Present. Okay? It's going to happen that quickly. Not just the coming. Are you with me? The coming. Listen, the coming's going to be quickly. It's going to be sudden. But everything else is going to happen instantaneously. I mean, we read it and we think it's going to be this long time period. I'm telling you, it's pretty amazing. The signs of his appearing again and the events of the end of the age, all the things the disciples had inquired about. Remember the curiosity in verse 3? As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? That's where we're at. Verses 29 through 31, this is where we're at. He's explaining it. Remember the questions to him? What should be the sign of the destruction of Jerusalem, of his coming, of the end of the world? And you remember, we've, we've already picked up some keys in this scripture. The, in verse 4, he said, do not be led astray. Don't let somebody lead you off on a tangent. Do not be alarmed when it happens. I told you it was going to happen. Okay, listen, you may not understand it all when it does happen, but do not be alarmed. It's another time to trust the Lord. Amen? Be ready. And while we're waiting, seek holiness and godliness. Growth in Christ. Always looking for His sudden, sudden, imminent, and a bodily return. For someone to step out on the clouds, they're going to have to be a body. For somebody to ride a white horse, Back onto the earth, he's going to have to have a physical body. He's going to have a bodily and sudden and imminent return. Last week, we looked generally at these verses. So in these verses, we've seen five things, and we're going to see it closer today. The way it will unfold, how do the events all take place? What's happening today? What's happening in the heavens I can't wait to get to the scripture. Remember what's happening in the heavens all of a sudden. The sign in the sky and his coming. Coming with power and great glory. And the gathering of the angels of his people. And, and I would tell you, it'd be interesting. Go back to verse uh, chapter 13 about the parable of the tares. There's not just the gathering of his people 
There's also the gathering of those that are not his. Go back to Matthew chapter 13. So, so far, what have we seen? We have an assurance that if we're followers of Jesus, he will keep us and preserve us to the end. Just hang on. Remember verse 13 in the same chapter says, those who endure to the what? End. Now, you know what the end is? Either his return or your death. I'm telling you, I pray this often. Lord, before I quit you, you take me out of here. I want to endure to the end. That's what we all want to do. We are looking forward to a sudden event. It's going to happen like that. Nobody's going to know it. These scriptures express Christ coming to the last judgment. Look at Revelation. Well, like I said, you can turn there if you're, you're quick or you can listen. Revelation 1-7, Behold, He is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see Him. Now, there won't be as many people at that time as there is now because a bunch of them are going to be gone. Lots of people. Even those who pierced Him will see that. All the tribes of the earth will wail on account of Him. Even so, amen. Amen? All those that have not embraced Christ and are not anticipating His turn, they'll see it and they'll mourn that they weren't ready. I love Luke. It was 21, 39, I believe. that Luke has said, here should be our posture. Look up. Straighten up. Lift up your heads. He's coming. Jesus could return at any moment. I, I, I spent, isn't it nice you can go back on your phone and say how long you talked to somebody? <laughs> I talked to a preacher. You'd, you'd, you'd all know him. I talked to a preacher for about 44 minutes Friday uh, about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's amazing how quickly time can go by when you're talking about things of the Lord. Amen? So what should be my attitude? What have we discerned so far? I think this is kind of a good day, to li- a good way to live our lives. Now, I've already gotten past uh, uh, the, the Titus scripture that talked about waiting, looking. We're going to look at that same scripture in 2 Peter 3, uh, 10 through 12. Our two words for the day are, are waiting, looking, expecting. Waiting, looking, expecting. That should be our attitude Uh, You know, we've been looking at these for years. What should we do as we're waiting, striving for godliness and holiness? And how would we do that? Well, we should be every day about the Father's business, living for His glory, living in radical obedience to His commands, striving to love the world less and Him and others more and more, striving to advance His kingdom through this local church, and living and expecting the sudden, imminent, and bodily return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He didn't leave us here to do anything. He left us here to get prepared. He left us here to encourage others to be prepared for His coming or to be prepared for death. We're not to be idle. Funeral in here yesterday, 72-year-old guy, gone. We'll all go that way if the Lord doesn't come. We've got to be ready for it. So let's look a little closer at these scriptures.
scriptures. Immediately after the tribulation of those days. This is somewhat the way it will unfold. The Lord is now answering the disciples about their question concerning the end of the world. At the end of their unrestrained evil and wickedness on earth, at the end of a great slaughter of Jews and believers, the Lord will return. He will return. That's how it's going to unfold. It's going to happen quickly. There, there will be, they will, there, I think there's a difference in getting caught off guard and not being ready. I, I, think, I think when it happens, uh, for a moment we'll say, what in the world is going on? But then we'll realize what's going on. Okay? It's, it's going to happen quickly. And, and nobody will know that exact moment is going to happen. So in some regards, it'll catch us all off guard. Maybe do we, we take a breath and then, then it'll all be revealed. It's going to happen that quickly. I mean, we won't have any time to fret over it because almost instantaneously, what, what are we going to see in the clouds? Christ. And everybody's going to know it. So number two is what is happening in the heavens? Are y'all ready for this? Listen, the sun will be darkened. The moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the heaven. And the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Are are y'all hearing this? This is stuff that God has said is settled in the heavens. God put it there. He ordered it there. And all of a sudden, it's coming what I call unhinged. And really what's happened is the universe begins its, its, its destruction. It's falling apart. The sign in the sky and the coming on the clouds, verse 30a, then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven. This sign will be none other than the Son of Man. And even if there was another sign, it would happen so instantaneously that we would know the difference. All of the speculation is really based on nothing except speculation, philosophy, empty deceit. Jesus Christ appearing on the clouds is the only real sign. Look, don't don't go to sleep here this morning. Don't drift out there. This is going to happen. You know what? I just can't wait. Can you imagine? And why wouldn't we be here? I mean, there's many that's gone before us that were martyred, burned at the stake. They went through some stuff, right? Well, why wouldn't we be here? Are we some special generation? Well, absolutely not. You with me? You know what we're going to say there? We're going to catch our breath and say, there he is. I hope we got time to say it. I I just want you to see, again, I don't think, I can't fathom the suddenness of how this is going to unfold. We're thinking days, weeks, months, right? 
Years. Sudden. When it begins to happen. Then those scoffers, those who are unconcerned, will wail and mourn over their state that they've been found in. Those who believed and were looking with preparation and anticipation will be rejoicing. Coming, number four, coming with power and great glory, verse 30b. With power and great glory. God Almighty showing His great power, listen, over His universe. All right, let's go back. He created it, right? He can do with it what? Whatever He wants to do with it, right? That's exactly what's going to happen when He brings it to conclusion. And who am I to question? Hang on now. Hang on now. You guys are doing so well. Number five, we're not going to look at this much closer unless the Lord shows me something else out of it that I failed to give to you the first time. The gathering of the angels. But, but do, really. Chapter 13, the parable of the tares. It's, it's an interesting scripture that goes along with this. It's going to make you think, okay? So go back and read that. The gathering of the angels and... He will send out His angels. You know, you, you've heard me tell over and over, and I tell it every time I do a funeral, about Lazarus and the rich man. Lazarus died. Who was waiting there to escort him to heaven? Okay, when all this goes down, we, we won't be scared. We won't be scared. When the angels come to get us, we're going to be in the hands of Almighty God. Amen? Isn't that an encouraging thing to know that the angels are going to usher us through this? And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the heaven to the other. We've looked at that already. All right, we're just going to consider two things this morning. He will come in glory and power. Glory and power. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, I'm in verse 29, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, and the power of the heavens will be shaken. I I, I literally cannot imagine. They tell me an earthquake. How many of you have been through an earthquake? Bob, have you in California? Okay. You Californians, okay. Don't go back there. That may be the first place that slides off in the ocean, okay? So, they tell me it's a, it's a frightful thing. Well, listen, we're, we're talking about a what quake? What's the biggest one, Brother Bob, that you? Okay. A size, let's go to a size 12 or 14. Well, when the, when the heavens begin to shake, it's going to be earthquakes on steroids. I mean, People are going to die of fear. Verse 30, then he will appear in heaven. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Let's talk about power for a minute. There will be a great and amazing change to things. The, the way it's been ordered for 6,000 years now, 
in a moment is going to come unordered. Did I get the timing about right? Creation, the death of Christ, now the earth is 4,000 years old. I don't know about the heavens. I'm sorry, the, the earth is 6,000 years old. I don't know about uh, the exact timing of all of that. But for 6,000 years, things have kind of gone on as God created it to go on. Amen? All that's going to come to an end. There will be an amazing change. Listen, think about this. There has to be change to make all things new. Huh? There's got to be a, a doing away with, a tearing down to make all things new. Now look, we're talking about one thing. We're talking about creation, right? He made creation from what? Nothing. He's going to dis, he is going to, uh, to make new out of disorder. So anytime you tear down, I mean, if you have to go in and tear down a house to rebuild a house, Jeannie's sister and brother-in-law are going through that now. Okay, it's, it's a whole lot of effort to tear down and then rebuild back, right? Well, the earth is, it was, is torn down. It's a new heaven and new earth. They will pass away with great noise and all things will be made new. Is that not what the scripture says? Well, something's got to happen to the old, right? Okay. 2 Peter 3, 10 through 12. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. And we'll look at this as we get into the parables. And then the heavens will pass away with a roar. Did you hear that? It doesn't say days and weeks, does it? It says a roar like that tornado that came. And the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. Are y'all listening to this language? And the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you be in lives of holiness and godliness? Wow, if, if we're going to be ready and prepared for that suddenness and that event, we have got to be people striving towards two things, godliness and holiness. That's the way you prepare. We'll pick up in verse 12. Here's our, here's our word. It's time to punch your daddy. Waiting, looking, anticipating for the hastening and the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to His promise, we are waiting, looking, anticipating for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Somebody say amen. So, it will be great and amazing change. <laughs> I don't think, well, I don't know about y'all, but my little pea brain has a hard time putting my hands all around this. But y'all can see I've got just a little sense of it this week. Now look, I've had all week to, to chew on it, right? Think about it. And, 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 and really, this is something to chew on. I mean, this is something that's 
so out of the ordinary that it, 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 you, you got to think. you got to chew on it for a while. I'd use another word that would probably be inappropriate, inappropriate here. If you want to know what that is, I'll tell you afterwards. Number two, it will be a change that can be seen. All right? And the world will see it. Up there, where all the world can see it. It's going to come down. The sun and the moon will cease to give light. The seas will roar and men will die from fear. Worldwide and at once. Listen, hurricanes, F4s, tidal waves, earthquakes, volcanoes will be nothing compared to to this heavenly upheaval. There's no way we can be ready other than to be waiting for Him to come, put us in the place that we can see it and be amazed, but yet what not? Not harmed. Praise the Lord. Everything will be shaken. Listen to me. I want you to think about this word, the one. The one who had been holding it all together will unhinge it for disorder. The sun and the moon will be darkened. How reliable are the sun and the moon? Uh, it's what sets our days and seasons and it, it brings everything about. And for all of these years since creation, it's been steadfast, right? The God of heaven can only make these changes. Because He made it, it's His. He, he, look, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't dare think about giving the responsibility of this change to anybody else. Just as He created He's going to tear down and recreate. Can we trust Him? Did He do a good job with creation? Except for us. <laughs> Those made fearfully and wonderfully in His image. Hmm. That's, that's just another thought. Only the God of heaven can make these changes. All of these things that I'm talking about, they are called unchangeable, set, determined. Listen to Psalms 8.3. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. You know what? God wouldn't let anybody touch or damage that but it's His to build and it's His to tear down. Somebody say amen. Did He not have to do that with all of us? And to rebuild. Yet these set things, the moon and the stars, will be shaken. It will be a universal change. If the sun is changed to darken and the heavens shaken, 
and the foundation is being shook, nature is being shocked. Created order. When that begins to take place, listen to me, listen to me carefully. The end is here. (laughs) When the mountains melt away and the sun is darkened and there's no light, the end of time is here. I want to read some scripture that uh, I told you that my internet was out all day yesterday and I didn't have time to look them all up this morning. So I want to just, and, and I think you have these notes and if you want to turn there, you can. But I want to read them to you, some, some powerful scriptures. In, in regard to the end is here, listen to, to uh, Psalm 96, 11 and 13. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Before the Lord, for He comes, for He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in faithfulness. Jesus Christ is coming as the judge. The darkening of the sun and the moon means... You know what it means? Listen to this. The, the, the putting away, the darkening of the sun and the moon means nothing except the putting away of God's established order at creation. Now, who can put away that established order? Nobody can put it away except the one who created it. Genesis 1, 16 through 18. And God made two great lights. Let me read that again. And who? And God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night, and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate light from darkness. Huh? And God saw that it was all good, and there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. Who did that? Has he held it all together? And how long will he hold it all together? Until he sends Christ back. It will all be destroyed, that it may be delivered up to God Almighty. As the day was darkened at the death of Christ, somebody say amen. Do you remember that event? In April, from 12 noon to 3 o'clock in the afternoon in the Middle East, what? No light. The darkest it's ever been or ever will be. Total darkness. As the day was darkened at the death of Christ, it was just a forewarner, forerunner to the darkness at the judgment of the world. John 12, 31. 
John 12, 31. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. So who brought all the problems upon this world? Who's the ruler and the prince of this world? Satan. And he's brought all of this disorder. He's brought all of this sin. He's brought all of this evil. And listen to what it says. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be what? Hang on to that now. And won't we be glad when we don't have to deal with that devil anymore? All right, we're close. Now listen carefully. So we've looked at power. Are you convinced that when Christ comes, He's coming with great power? Glory. You remember Jesus' last coming? That poor, pitiful baby. They couldn't even find a room in town. They had to find a, 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 a manger out in the stable for that baby to be born in. Had to be wrapped in swaddling clothes. Born to poor parents. You remember that baby that was born? You remember that? He, cra- he came in humility. Listen, he is not coming back in humility. We, there won't be any more taken low when he comes back. Oh, my. Think about this with me. Think about Christ. What comes right after Christ in the seven seas? Huh? The cross. Think about Christ and the cross, the cruelty. We're talking about humiliation. I I mean, only and, and probably, listen, those people burned at the stake. They're... How humiliated. Stripped naked, tied to a stake, and burned. All you got to do is just recant. Just recant. We won't do this. But, but that's no comparison of the humiliation that Jesus Christ suffered. Christ, the cross, cruelty, crucifixion. Come on now. Three days in the tomb, right? But, but on that on that Sunday morning, we saw a glimmer of glory, didn't we? Because that tomb was what? It was empty. He's alive. He was here for forty days. He was seen by five hundred people at one time. He's gone back to the heavens. He is sitting on the throne. And listen, he is he, he is still humbling himself because you know what his rule his. Uh, his job is right now? Mediator. He's still interceding for us sinful people. But when he steps out on that cloud, he's stepping out in power and glory. The humiliation is over. Isaiah 53, 3. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. As one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. O Lord, help us. We'd quit not esteeming the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 25, 31, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, 
then he will sit on his glorious throne. From a lowly birth to great glory, the next coming will be in great glory. He will come as the eternal king of the whole earth. Just remember, no matter what the ungodly may do, listen, when he comes back, there will be no mocking, no scoffing, no unbelieving on that day. Everybody will know that he is Christ. The servants of the Lord must be ready and waiting patiently, expecting. What were those words? Looking, waiting, anticipating his return. You know what? There's no need for sun and moon when Jesus comes. Huh? There's no need for moon or sun or stars when Jesus comes. John 8, 12. Y'all know the scripture. And John spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The brightness of the Father's glory, the image of Almighty God in His Son, Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 3, 10-12. Indeed, in this case, what once has glory has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. Everything that his, He created has some glory, but what is being renewed, what is going to be established, will have eternal and permanent glory, and that is in Christ Jesus. Listen to what Matthew Henry says. Wow. I'm telling the brilliance of these guys. You know where Matthew Henry got all of his theological training, don't you? From his father, Philip, who was a pastor. Brilliant men. Listen to what he said. Are y'all ready? The sun will be ashamed and the moon confounded when God shall appear in the person of Christ. Come on now. We do not give Christ the glory he deserves. You, you, know how, you know how shocked and how embarrassed and ashamed if we could at that time be when we really see his glory? There, there's no way we can estimate the glory of Jesus Christ. But we will one day, amen? Isaiah 24, 23. The moon... Now, tell me where Philip Henry got his training. The moon will be confounded and the sun ashamed. Say what? For the Lord of hosts reigns on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, and His glory will be before His elders. Wow. Let me tell you, Christ is about to show His power over the devil and the demons. They forgot that He was buried and resurrected. The devil and his demons, who, by the way, He will cast into the lake of fire. I believe it's Genesis chapter 20, verse 7. The demons and the devil will be cast in the lake of fire forever as this all comes about. 
There'll be, hey, there'll be no other place for the devil and the demons in this new order except in the hell created for them. No one has ever seen the real glory of God, but we will when we see Christ, won't we? When he comes in his glory. We will when Christ comes in power and glory. How will he come? Not just in power, but power and glory. Okay, there will be no longer need for the sun and the moon. But for the believers, the light, Christ, of Christ, is such that there's no need for sun or moon. We won't have to worry about a a cloudy day. Isaiah 60, 19. The sun shall be no more. The sun shall no more, the sun shall be no more your light by day, nor for brightness shall the moon give you light. But the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. What a substitute, amen? Revelation 22, 5. And night will be no more. They will need no night of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light. And they will reign forever and ever. So, what can we do while we wait? You could go back to the beginning and look at that Titus scripture. And you can later if you want to. I'll just read it to you. Here's what we're to do, Titus 2, 11 through 13. For the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people. I pray that you're one of those people. I pray that you've repented of your sins, you've trusted in the work of Christ, and you've trusted in His death and His shed blood on the the cross for your salvation. I pray you're one of those people. Today is the day to do it because we know not when Christ will return. For the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. Waiting, looking, anticipating for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, when Pablo gets his, vet, his breath, we'll go to 2 Peter 3, 10 through 12. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. We're going to look at that in the parables as we come to them. And then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. Do not be led astray. Do not be alarmed. Be ready, seeking godliness and holiness, looking for His sudden, imminent, and bodily return. Listen, church, I'm here to tell you, the Scripture has shown us, I'm absolutely convinced, I pray that you are, Christ is coming with power and great glory. It is going to happen. It will be the consummation the Lord has had planned since the foundation of the earth. The new heaven and new earth 
where all saints will gather together and dwell together with Him there. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a big time for family reunions, is it not? But I want to tell you the family reunion that we're looking for. I want to tell you it's for the marriage feast that we're looking for. We're looking for that time when, the, when Christ comes for His. Revelation 7, 9. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands. And all the church says, God bless the reading of the word. O Lord, come quickly.